Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 44 of The Spy Who Loved Mega Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing, man? Doing well. Doing well. The weather broke. It's cooled off a little bit. It was pretty... I mean, I feel bad saying it was hot in Cleveland because it was like utterly obliterating like heat in other parts of the world but it was hot and unpleasant yeah like it was definitely not a great couple of days here um <laughs> relative to other places it was uh not a problem but yeah didn't make it fun um but you know what is fun dave usually 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 fun dave is deji sentai mega ranger uh today we are watching episode 44 of that show it is called Carefree, Kenta's New Year's Eve Crisis. Yeah, it should be called a dud. This is... Well, we'll talk about it. We'll just... We'll get to it. Yeah. Um, we will briefly discuss it. Uh, but before we discuss that, Dave, we got some other things to discuss. Because as always, Shining in the Heavens, Dave, our officially award-winning opening segment, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? Well, Matt, our first star of the week is that you and I got an opportunity to hang out uh, the other the other day in a in a way that is not like objectively unusual, but is kind of unusual for us. So here's kind of what happened: my my brother in law, so Beth's brother and his wife were visiting her parents, right? And uh, her parents, by all accounts, are, like, very nice people, but they are extremely wealthy and, like, super waspy, right? Okay. And uh, Beth's, they have, like, a bunch of kids. They have, like, he, uh, he has one older son, and then they have four kids that are, like, younger, all under the age of 10, right? Okay. So And so... Wait, so Beth's brother... And his wife have a bunch of kids, and Beth's brother's wife's parents are wealthy. Correct. Okay, I just wanted to You've make sure. You've got it so far. Yeah. So basically, here's what happened. Like, they all go to visit this extremely wealthy house. Like, this, like, rich person's house outside of Philadelphia, right? They're uh-huh. on vacation. Uh, Beth's brother is just like, all right, man, let's just chill out. Like, the kids can just kind of hang out. Um, but like nobody else could, could groove with that. Like, so everybody else was getting extremely stressed out because they, A, don't know what to do with kids like at all, I -hmm. guess. And B, and like their house isn't built for kids, right? They're just like super rich people. Right. Anyways. So like their house isn't built for kids. And so, like, they don't know what to do with the kids, but then they also are, like, not content to just kind of, like, let them run around and, like, be kids. And so, like, everybody is going off the... Because, like, nobody knows what to do, right? Like, nobody can handle this situation. And so, Beth, she's like, hey, what? would it be crazy if I just took our kids and, like, went and visited them, and then, like, we all can hang out, and our kids can hang with their kids, and, like, everybody will be way less stressed out. She's like, would that be okay with you? And I'm like, 
and and I just I had to like double take for a moment. So I'm like, you're asking me if you can leave for the for like four days, I take our kids with you, and I'll just be home by myself here. You're asking me if that's okay. Yeah, while and then you're on she, summer break. While I'm on summer break. And she was like, okay, yeah, I recognize that was a silly question. I was like, well, we've been married for a lot of years and I do love you. But yeah, that was a very silly question. Yes, go ahead. That's fine. Now, having said that, um, I did run into a perennial problem that I have, which is I, A, desperately need a vacation and B, I'm terrible at taking vacations. Um, I'm very, very bad at uh, vacating vacating uh-huh. i don't know like as soon as beth left i just started working on like house stuff uh now end result the house got way clean and we did catch up on a bunch of projects but like i did not just chill out for four days um but then on saturday night you came over and we just hung out for hours yeah just you and me hanging out like we do this we like this conversation that we have every week is in the past few years, like, kind of the only opportunity that you and I have to just, like, hang out, just the two of us? Yeah. Yes. Um, or the primary. The the far and away the primary version of, of this happening. Right. But, like, in person, just because, you know, like, busy people, full lives, like, we don't get the chance to just the two of us hang out interrupted like that for long periods of time. And it was great. It was great. It was great. Speaking of just having super busy lives, hey, uh, Ranger Danger, huge, huge support for you guys. I saw that you, uh, you know, you just mentioned you're kind of cutting back on stuff. Big support. I did hear you say that, uh, or you mentioned that you've never missed a release in eight years. And I just want to say that your personal attack on us has been noted and that I did not appreciate it. Dave, I don't know what you're talking about. It says here right in the script of the, the opening script for the show that each and every week we watch an episode of Super Sentai and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. Uh, that's what it says in the script. And I, I don't appreciate you uh, denying the reality of the show. <laughs> Just breaking kayfabe. <laughs> yeah. We're here every week. If you didn't hear an episode last week, that's on you. Uh, maybe there's something wrong with your internet. I don't know. You got you to gotta update your feeds, guys. You got to get on the Patreon so that you can get the backer exclusive content. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do if you um we do have some really cool stuff coming out. I think actually in the next month or so on the Patreon, so keep an eye out for that. Yeah, you know, the higher levels. Higher levels get the best stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway, Dave. Uh, that's our first star. Our second star of the week is this. It's actually a, a carryover star from last week, but I have more to talk about. Is that I'm back in the office. Yeah, dude, I listen. Um, I experience, and I'm sure you experience this as well, like a very strange level of cognitive dissonance mm-hmm. because, like, 95% of everything that I see on the internet is like workers are quitting in droves because they're being forced to go back into the office. People are like breaking down and weeping in their cubicles. And you are over here, you're just like, I actually, can I get a little more cubicle time? Could I, would that be okay? (laughs) Yeah, well, here's the thing, Dave. All those people who are talking about it online are people who talk about things online. And people who talk about things online don't want to go outside and hang out with people. Uh, And I know that we're saying this in an online forum, but podcasts 
podcasts are carried by the internet, but podcasts aren't the internet, you know? Like, yeah, no, no, no. We're like a whole separate ecosystem. There's a partition there. Uh, yeah, no, I have been alone for a year, and it, I have been miserable, and I like being around people, and I like getting out of my apartment. Um, I don't like doing it every day, you know? It's nice to be able to work at home sometimes, but what I discovered is they had us on this, like, staggered work schedule, right? Like... So I was going in Mondays and Wednesdays, as was like half of the office, and then the other half of the office was yeah, going vi- on Tuesday, Thursdays. Very familiar with this conceptually. Okay. I am with you. Well, the thing is, prior to that, I had just been going back. Like, post-vaccine, I've basically been going back like most days per week. Oh, oh okay. I see. And yeah, so, and so the when, new the the staggered schedule is a new thing that is kind of thing. <laughs> and it's like messing, right? So I had been going to the office, you know, like three, four, you know, usually four days a week, um, and now they're like, okay, now you can only come in two days a week, and these are the two days that it has to be. And I realized like that leaves me three days a week from working from home, and Dave, uh. In the couple of months that I have been going back into the office, I have basically forgotten how to work from home. Oh, no. Like, in any extended capacity, right? Like, I can do it here right. and there. But, like, the first week back when I was at work for two days and then, or, yeah, work for two days and then home for three, the three days that I was home, I just got, no, like, nothing done. Like, I, I just found myself incapable of accomplishing any work. Oh, no. Uh, and also, as you said, it was getting really hot earlier in this week, and I don't have air conditioning in my apartment. And it was going to be like 95 degrees and muggy. And I was like, guys, I really a, like there's there's an unoccupied desk right next to my desk, which is on, which mm-hmm. is a Tuesday, Thursday desk. My desk is a Monday, Wednesday desk. Nobody's using that desk. I would very much like to come into the office, please. Because I need people to be around, and I need to not just be melting in my chair in my bedroom when it, like, gets super hot. Like, can you just please let me come into the office more? So I'm doing, like, this, like, I went to HR, they approved it, and so now I'm just officially going in, like, basically Monday through Thursday and working from home on Fridays. That is just such, like... (laughs) I just, I do, I appreciate the level of, like, the weird cognitivism. It's like, I just gotta get... Can I get a little more cubicle time? Can I please come? I just, I get a big kick out of it. And yeah. no, but it totally, dude, it absolutely <laughs> makes sense to me. Um, teaching online is the pits. It's yeah. absolutely the pits. Yeah, like so. commuting, commuting is bad. And, you know, I guess sharing a bathroom is bad. And there are better lunch options closer to me than there are closer to work. And, you know, it's nice to have access to, like, everything that's in your kitchen, right? Like, there's stuff like that. But, like, the office is where my job lives. Right. And my apartment is where I live. And when my job was living here with my apartment, it was a really bad roommate. That's, no, that's a bad scene. That's abs- No, I absolutely understand. Like, te- like I said, teaching online was the absolute pits because it is all the – it was like all the drudgery and paperwork and none of the interest and like face-to-face – um, you know, like, oh, let's like talk and chat and ask questions and learn about this thing together. It was just the drudgery part. Right, right. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can't go for a walk with your coworker like in the middle of the day 
and have a chat if they live an hour away from you. Like, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's the second star of the week, Dave. What is our third star of the week? So third star of the week, Matt, this is a new... So I haven't been baking a lot recently because we've cut out a bunch of foods because we have recently discovered that um, sugar bean just gets like nasty indigestion and like stomach aches from them. So among the things we're cutting out are like flour and eggs. Well, so Dave, that, that does make things challenging. It does make things challenging on a bun Vulcan front. So I've just, I've been kind of channeling that other directions. I recently have discovered, Matt, milk clarified punch. Okay. Okay. Now, this is, you got, you tried some of this when you were over the other day. This is this thing. And it's like super duper old and is now enjoying kind of a renaissance. So basically here's what it is, is that you make you can kind of do it with anything as long as the cocktail has, like, acid in it. Acid is key. But, you know, so any sort of citrus juice. But you make punch, right? So, like, one of sour or one of, yeah, one of sour, two of sweet, three of strong, four of weak, and then spices to taste, right? Right. There's, like, a million punch recipes on the internet. And so what you do is you make the punch, as you would, and then you pour it into, um, like... Uh, a fifth part of milk sounds weird it does it's sound going weird to sound, it does sound weird it's going to sound weirder because what you're looking for is the acid in that punch to curdle the milk all right so you're sound. left with mm. yes mm, i know so you're left with the punch and then you've got all the little curds floating around in the punch and then you just leave it for like anywhere from like an hour and a half to overnight. So yeah, I know that this sounds weird, but potentially bad. But here's the next step. You use like a, uh, a cloth napkin or a coffee filter or like a nut milk bag, which I happen to have. And you strain the punch through that. And then what happens is that the curds form this like incredibly fine sieve basically and they sieve themselves out and then you are left with just the liquid of course and so there's like whey in mixed in with the cocktail but you end up with this like crystal clear it's that's why it's called milk clarified this like crystal clear punch and it has, like, a richer body because there's, like, whey protein in it. And all the flavors blend together in this, like, really cool and unique way. Uh, it's very visually appealing. And you can kind of do it with anything. I made a second batch map with, like, lemon and rosemary. Ooh. And now I have this, like, lemon, rosemary, herbal punch uh it's there's like like i said there's like a hajillion recipes on the internet but it is delicious it is delicious i really liked this punch when we were drinking it um yeah i'm glad here's my question for you other than adding that sort of richness what is the purpose of doing this like i don't typically feel the need to like clarify my cocktails Okay, there's two things that it does. So the first thing is that 
one of the reasons it was sort of created um, is that because this is from like the 1600s, which is when kind of people sort of figured out how to do this. And it preserves things for like a really, for like basically indefinitely. So you can make punch and it'll never, it'll never go bad. Oh, okay. Um, so there's, there's that. But the other thing that it does is it kind of, it, it pulls away some of like the rougher flavors. So like, for example, if you make punch out of black tea, there's like a bunch of tannin in it, right? And tannin is that sort of like bitter, acrid taste in the back of your mouth that you get from like tea and and yeah. some other stuff. Well, it, it strips all that away. So you're just left with like the mellow fruitiness, herbaceousness of tea without the tannin. Um and the other upside of doing this this way is that you can buy just absolute bottom shelf liquor and it does not matter because it round, it like it strips uh-huh. away a lot of those like rougher flavors so you can if you are normally somebody who buys nicer liquor as i am like you can just like i said you can buy just rotka and it kind of doesn't matter because it's a component and then you're pulling away those rougher flavors and you're just left with this and and well, and then the other really interesting thing is that it blends all the flavors and in my experience a pretty unique way. So like normally when you drink punch, for example, you're like, "Oh, there's the tea, there's the rum, there's the lemon." But the notes are all still sort of like they complement each other, but they're still distinct in that way. Whereas by going through this process, I don't really understand chemically what's happening, but it just becomes like one like perfectly blended flavor. Cool. And it's delish. And it's fun. So that's that. What, Matt, is our fourth star of the week? Dave, our fourth star of the week is uh, last Sunday. I Sunday, Sunday. I, I was... Uh, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I was yeah. at... Uh, yeah, do you have to. Like, I got up. I went over to the house. I was doing some work uh, spackling. Just getting some general spackling done. Um... <laughs> And it's then, surprising how much housework comes down to general spackling. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, also, I've got a lot of spackling to do. I haven't done a lot of it's going to have to happen once I hang the drywall because I got to do like the mudding to like get that yeah, smooth. Yeah, yeah. So there's a couple of smaller spackling things I need to get done, and I'm trying to use this as sort of like uh, a way, like a tutorial, basically. Dig to it. Teach myself Makes to some sense. Um, and I was there for like an hour, and then I I was just like dripping in sweat because, like, the heat wave was starting to roll in, mm. and I was like, you know what, forget this. Like, I, the problem with working in the house now that summer is hit is like you're gonna get sweaty, and so you should be drinking a bunch of water because you don't want to dehydrate yourself. That's however, tricky. yes, as uh, as we have previously discussed, Dave, there is not a functioning bathroom in this house problem that's a problem uh and so if you're drinking a bunch of water to try to stay hydrated uh you know you're you're, you're always sort of on you know there, there's a time there's a time component to how long you can actually be doing stuff um i remember now listen i remember when we built our house when we were kids uh if you ate not to be the plumbing is there like the pipes are all there so if you ate a bunch of stuff there's like a pretty hard limit but if you just drank stuff 
you know, Dave, I, I see I see where you're going with that. Uh, and I, I, let's just say that I'm trying to avoid that when possible. That's legit. It's understandable. I'm just um, saying you have options. Uh, anyway, the option that I elected to have on this hot day, because like I said, it was just getting like... <laughs> was, was not that option. It was just brutal. And I was like, you know what? I have not gone to the movie theater since I saw Knives Out in like late 2019. Um, and Fast 9 just came out a few days ago. And while normally I would wait to see it with, you know, family. Um, right. Which is uh, really you should. Yeah, sure. Thematically. Um, but I mean, you know, really, when you're seeing Fast 9, as long as there's somebody else in the theater. Their family. Yeah. <laughs> It's like the Olive Garden sort of, you know, like when you're when you're in, when you're watching the Fast and Furious movies, your family, uh, and there's infinite breadsticks. So I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna go to the movie theater. It's air- I came home, I took a cold shower, I hopped in my air conditioned car, and I drove to a movie theater and I watched Fast Nine or F Nine colon the Fast Saga. Um, Dave, first of all, it rules. Now, should I take from this Matt, that they're no longer furious? Oh, no, they're furious. Well, I just, you know. Um, the... If it's F... Oh, so maybe it's Furious... Is it Furious 9, the Fast Saga? We don't know. It's F9. It could be either. I mean, the, the naming convention for these movies are insane. It's it's Fast and the Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, The Fast and The Furious, 3, Tokyo Drift, Fast and Furious, I mean, Fast I guess I appreciate five, the ambiguity. F6, I think. And then maybe... 5 and 6, I'm not sure exactly. And then 8 was Fate of the Furious, and this is F9, The Fast Saga. Have we ever talked about what the names of these movies are in other countries? We have not. Okay, hold on. Uh, I need to look this up because you will love to hear it. Okay, so the, the names of these movies in Japan... And I don't, this is, this is an old article, so it does not have the uh, F9 colon the Fast Saga um, title. So uh, maybe we'll look that up in a minute. But the titles for the movies are, in order, Wild Speed, Wild Love Speed it. X2, Wild Speed X3, Tokyo Drift, Wild Speed Max, Wild Speed Mega Max, Wild Speed Euro Mission... <laughs> Wild Speed Sky Mission, Wild nice. Speed Ice Break, and of course, uh, for Fast and Furious Presents Hobson Shaw, Wild Speed Super Combo. Uh, I like it. I First of all, those are fantastic. B, I do appreciate that they've got a lot more, like there's much more commitment to the theme in Japan. They, that speed is also, I don't. Also, I don't know why I genuinely expected the Japanese released to have a different name than Tokyo Drift. I, I have no idea why I felt like it would have that, but it felt like it should. Uh, anyway, the, the, I mean, listen, the, the main takeaway here is that I went to the movie theaters and it was great. Um, it was great to sit inside. Dave, the screens in those places, they're so they're big. They're so big. They're, they're so huge. clear. The sound, it's really loud. It, it, I think it is... The first time in a year and a half that I have watched a movie and not once pulled my phone out of my pocket and looked at it. Because if you're in the movie theater, you're, you just, I just turn my phone off when I go into a movie theater. Yeah, of course. 
like I got a I got a thing of popcorn. I got a big diet coke. I turned off my phone and I sat in a cold dark room for like two and a half hours and let like the the heart just gotta let it wash tale, over you like just wash over me, Dave. It was a good time at the movies. Uh, I love to hear it. I love to hear it. I'm looking forward to getting back. Uh, what Matt is the is title of, of uh, F9 in Japan? Well, I am curious about that. Uh, Dave, turns out it is Wild Speed Jet Break. Anyway. Okay. Well, I don't. So, yeah. I was going to say, I feel like those titles are very descriptive. I don't want to know anything else about the movie because I haven't seen it, of course. What, Matt, is our fifth star of the week? Dave, our fifth star of the week is I bought a brand new video game. And it's called Legend of Mana 4 Remastered for the Switch. It's a joke. It's not new at all. It's a very old I was going to say, Matt, I have terrible news for you. Uh, how is it? Um, I don't know. It's Legend of Mana, man. Legend of Mana is a weird game. I like it. It's, it's, it's a very weird game. I loved it. It was like beautiful and incomprehensible. The sound, the, the music is great. The, the game looks okay. Here's the weird thing about the play about like PS1 games that I like, I just didn't know this when I was a kid, but a lot of the way that these games worked, like JRPGs worked, is that the backgrounds, like the environments that you were in, were for the most part essentially matte paintings. Like yes. they, they weren't yeah, rendered yeah, environments yeah. that you were in. They were just like an image that your character walked on top of, and there were like points on that screen that you could interact with, right? Like mm-hmm. that was basically it. Well, with Legend of Mana, those backgrounds are all just like paintings, essentially. Yeah, they're gorgeous. That but, game was yeah. the most, like, it was incredible. I remember seeing that game, and the thing that blew me away about it was a new realization for the the way in which a game could be, like, like immersive and aesthetically beautiful. Like, not like, oh, the graphics are great, but like, oh, this is like a comprehensive world, and it's stunning and beautiful to look at yeah now here's the weird thing is that when you played that game on a ps1 on a standard definition television in what was that like 2001 when that came out yeah maybe like the backgrounds were beautiful but just the limitations of the technology you're working with meant that while they were more clear and like you know crisp and like you know artistically rendered than like the character sprites there wasn't that much of a gap, like, visually. Like, when your eyes looked at it. Because your eyes sort of, like, blurred it all together, right? Because it was all kind of blurry. Because it was right. old technology. Well, now, like, the game looks great. Like, they've, you know, like, tidied stuff up. But now it's just, like, PS1, like, 2D sprites walking around on top of what is very clearly, like, a clean, crisp image of a painting. Like, the the difference between the two, like, it really kind of pops. Yeah, oh man, that does sound really good. I, like I said, I really did. I like Legend of Mana a lot. What I really, okay, what I was about to say is that I wanted them to do, like, a remastered Secret of Mana. And then I remember they actually, they did already do that. And what I realized is I don't actually want, in a sense, a remastered Secret of Mana. 
because that would just be like schnazzier graphics on an SNES game. And it was a great game, but like I realized I think what I what I actually want is for I want a remake. I want somebody to like go back and sort of take all of those like thematic like all of those elements and like tell the same story but with like new and interesting combat mechanics. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to be like jumping around with the Nimbus chain and I want to finally get like the level eight one and I want to be like leveling up all those spells, but in a, in a new, in a new way, in a way that isn't just, you know, uh, or, yeah, I mean, and, Dave, and also I, I mean, Dave, I have actually some pretty bad news for you on that front then. Cause they did that like three years ago and it was bad. Oh, lame. Yeah, they okay, did well, like maybe they did. did like an updated like remake like modern game version of Secret of Mana in like 2018, I think. And it just kind of fell flat. People were like, "Yeah, man, I guess it's good. Like it's fine. The mechanics are a little wonky." Um cuz they also what they also did the same with the uh, Second Densetsu 3. Oh, okay. Um I mean, you can play them. You can probably get them cheap. Um <laughs> At this point, you know, just give it a shot. Why not? Uh, anyway, Dave, that that I think is it for our uh, our five stars. Is that correct? That's correct, Matt. Now, that means, of course, that we are going to take a break. We are going to watch episode forty four of Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. Uh, its original air date, of course, was December thirtieth. December thirtieth. Is that right? I was going to say, I don't know why you're asking me. This is you December generally 28th, come up with this. December 28th, Dave. There you December go. December 28th, I'm sorry. Written by Yasuko Kobayashi. Its title, of course, Carefree, Kenta's New Year's Eve Crisis. Makes sense. Came out on the 28th, right before New Year's. Um, and I think they were probably already on holiday when they decided to whip this bad boy together. Uh, we're going to talk about it when we come back. He's All right, welcome back. Uh, hold on a sec. I'm gonna crack a cold bev before we get into this. No, it's fine. I actually I had grabbed myself the last of that milk punch, Matt. And the other here's the only problem with that milk clarified punch: it goes down so smooth. So it goes smooth. down. It's it's us. It's unsettlingly and dangerously smooth. And so I did just drink all of it that I had left and. <laughs> Now it's gone. Uh, um, well, Dave, you know what is not smooth? Is episode 44 of Denji Sentai Mega Ranger Carefree. Yeah! Kenta's New Year's Eve Crisis. Okay, so this is... Um, I'm not going to okay. say the worst episode, but well, he, I will say the, the lamest episode. It's the least episode. It's the least episode. So here's... Okay, we can run through this episode... I think we can do, if we timed ourselves, we could literally do it in, I think, five five minutes. So the episode opens up. Hold on, hold on, Dave. Hey, Siri, set a five-minute timer. Five minutes. Am I waiting on Siri now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're good. Okay. So the episode opens up, and we see Kenta, and he's running around, and he drops his, like, he's got a canister of film, and then he's like, oh, no, where is it? And he starts kind of patting his pockets all over the place. And he realizes that, oh, no, he has lost his digitizer. 
We flash from there to the Digital Research Club, and uh, they all are dressed up in very comedic, like, cleaning lady outfits, Mm -hmm. particularly Koichiru. And they're like, it's Koichiru's like, it's cleaning day. We have to set a good example. And I did wonder uh, for whom, because they're the only members of this club, and they're graduating next year, and then the club will die, because literally nobody else is in it. I think maybe a good example for the other clubs... Maybe that's it. I don't know. Uh, they they notice that Kent is not there, and they're like, where is that guy? Ugh, he's probably in bed being stupid or eating right. or something. We see Kenta, and he's like, I can't believe I lost my digitizer. I need my digitizer to be mega red, right? Uh, and we flash back to the Digital Research Club, and they find mega red cyber slider just physically present in the digital research club. Okay. So they find that they also find his drill saber. Like the actual one is just also like in a locker in the digital research club. And then we flash back to Kenta and he's like, Oh man, I hope nobody's in the digital research club finding all my stuff. So Kenta hears then, he's very worried because he doesn't have his digitizer, of course, and he thinks he hears the digitank, and he ducks down, and I want to say in this quick shot where he ducks down, he definitely does have his dig. Oh, no, he might have Battle Riser. I think he's got That's Battle Riser wearing. on. Yeah. It's Battle Riser was on. Uh, and then it's, he's like very nervous, but it's just a siren, and it's okay. Yeah, it's just an ambulance. Everything's okay, except for whoever needed that ambulance is probably not okay. <laughs> right, and he still doesn't have his digitizer. So we go back to the Digital Research Club, and they find some pictures. Yeah, they're rooting around through, you know, because they're cleaning. So they're rooting around through the lockers, and Chisato finds some photos in Kenta's locker. And they look at the photos, and the photos make them very angry. Because what the photos are is it's just Kenta, the teenager, with all of Mega Red's stuff. He has got, like, he's set up himself a whole, like, backdrop of, like, big red fabric that he clearly sewed himself. And he's, like, taking pictures with the cyber slider and taking pictures with um, Drill Saber. And uh, Kuichu is furious. He's like, get Kenta on the phone. So they call Kenta on the digitizer, and then they start to hear the digitizer, like, beeping. So clearly, wherever he has lost it, it's somewhere in the Digital Research Club. Right. So Kenta knows he needs to get back to the Digital Research Club. He doesn't know how to do it without admitting to people that he lost his digitizer, but then he sees somebody wearing a cast on their arm, and he's like, aha, that's the play. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna get a fake cast and put it over my arm where my digitizer normally is, so that when I show up, it will make sense that they can't see my digitizer, because there's a cast. Right. So he shows up at the Digital Research Club. He has given himself, like, a full-on fake cast... And he's like, oh, wow, you guys are. Oh, man, you guys are cleaning. That's so great. Did you, like... By the way, they are man, all, gosh. like... They were all sitting in swivel chairs waiting for him. And as he walks yeah. in the door, they all, like, turn to swivel to face him at the same time. It was a great... They very clear... Um, I appreciate their dedication to the bit. And they're like, oh, gosh. Did you... Gosh, did you just clean everything, though? Like, even the lockers. Did you clean the lockers? Uh, and Did you, and Yes, of course. They have cleaned the lockers. And so what they do is they all pull out their digitizers 
and start like cleaning their digitizers in a lot of detail. And they're like, we did. Uh, we were just cleaning everything. And now we're going to take some time to clean our digitizers because they're so important. So important to have a di- just like the most important thing. Just the thing to that have you a can digitizer. never get, let go of. There's, oh, wait, Dave. Sorry. Didn't quite make it under five minutes. Oh, bummer. Okay, well, we lost some time in a cut there, so I'm still going to... We're going to keep going. So... Dave, I'm, like, I'm sorry to report to you that I did stop and reset the timer to account for the cut that we took. I'm dying. I'm dying, Matt. So, okay. So, it's slightly longer than five minutes. So, anyways, they... And they're like, the one thing that you can never not have is this digitizer. Because without a digitizer, you literally can't be a Mega Ranger. And Kent is like, wait, hold on a second. Yusuke doesn't have a digitizer, and he's definitely a Mega Ranger. And she's like, yes, okay, you need either a digitizer or the thing that he has that isn't technically a digitizer, and Matt doesn't remember what it's called right now, but it basically Kai-tizer. functions as a digitizer. It's the Kai-tizer, Matt. Yes, of course. And they're, like, and they're like, okay, fine, you need either a digitizer or a Kai-tizer. Why don't, uh, why don't you clean yours? Why don't you clean yours up? And he's like, oh, man, I would, but silly mistake. The doctor wrapped it up. The doctor wrapped it up in this cast. So You know how doctors are always putting casts on over your magical wristwatch from the future? It happens all the time, and this is a reasonable thing to say. And Miku's like, well, that's a shame, because if you don't have access to your digitizer, then you can't ride in any of our really cool giant robots. Giant robots like... And then she just names all of the giant robots. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and then they're just like enough of this farce and then they pull out the pictures they're like we know you took all these pictures and then they're just beating him up. <laughs> they just beat him up about it and he's like guys i was making new year's cards and they're like that's not better <laughs> uh we, we and then he's like i was just gonna send them to you guys though we we cut up to space and uh, dr kubota is like man he's he's talking to one of his underlings uh, one of the ones that isn't tall Steve, so he doesn't matter. Um, and they're like, yeah, I guess nobody's attacking this week. I guess maybe they gave up after we beat the Nezu Rangers. That'd be cool. And Dr. Kubota's like, I don't know. These bad guys are pretty bad. They're probably going to attack again, but it's okay. Our, our our team has it covered. We're going to, they've got the power of youth and friendship. It's, it's all going to be good. In yeah, fact, I and, but but there is a little bit there's like a there's not an alert, but there's just like a little flare up of Nazare energy. And they're like, is it a monster? And they're like No, uh, it's not a monster. And like Dr. Kubota calls them. Like he you know, he hops on the Zoom call with them. He's like, hey guys, um and then he sees that they're like in the middle of beating up Kenta, and he, I think he just thinks like, I don't want to deal with these guys. It's not actually an emergency. He's like, You guys have done a great job. Happy New Year, talk to you later. Click, hang up. And that's the episode. Like, that's it. That's the whole thing. Now, you might be saying, that only took like eight minutes or something. Where's the rest of the episode? Well, the rest of this episode, like, the rest of this episode of Sentai is clips. It's just, it's a clip. It's like 80% clips. And like every, like, they clip back to the first episode. They clip back through each of the robots and how they got them. There's just like a montage of all five of the Rangers at the end. Like, oh yeah, 
the main characters of this show, the ones you see literally every week, remember them? Well, if you didn't, here's a one-minute montage of each of them. Right, it's like, here's five minutes of the episode that's just scenes you've probably already seen. And the thing is, you can do a clip show, right? Like, sometimes, especially in a show, in the way that TV used to run, where, like, the episode came out and then that's just it. Like, you couldn't just watch it on demand anytime you wanted to. Like, a flashback clip show actually, like, you know, you kind of, you know, they work. If they're, if they're hurt, deployed yeah. necessarily, like, correctly. The problem is that even as a clip show, this completely fails. Because it gives you a lot of, like, images and explosions. And, like, it's... This episode does not give you a synopsis of the season. This episode is a toy commercial. Like, I know the Super Sentai series is kind of a toy commercial in general, but it's also, like, Mm -hmm. a real television show. This episode, it's like, hey, do you like giant robots? Here are all of them. Do you like the action figures of these characters and all of their accessories? Here is a single shot of each individually, every weapon and accessory and combo of those items that we're going to run through. Have you ever wanted to have a cyber slider? Of course you have. Here's a picture of one and people interacting with it. It's very fun. And like that's ju- that's it. That is that is all that it is. And it like it fails at being a fun new episode and it fails at being a clip show. Yeah, it is really disappointing. Now, having said that, uh we see that you've thrown down the gauntlet Super Sentai. We've seen it and 25 years in the future we've picked it up. Yeah. You think you can do a clip show? Oh, we'll show you how to do a clip show. Because you've literally left us with no choice. Because we're already done talking about the show and this episode isn't nearly long enough. So Dave, why don't we reminisce about some of our favorite things? Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Power Rangers! <laughs> Hi, and welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode one of Live and Let Die Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast about Gosei Sentai Die Ranger. My name is Matt J, and joining me on this adventure is my brother Dave. Hey. Hello, Dave. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. How are you? I am well. Excited? I'm very excited. I okay. think this is going to be a long, strange trip. I look forward to that. Yeah. Uh, the too. longness and the strangeness. Maybe not the longness so much. Definitely the strangeness. The fifth star is that we are doing an episode two, which I'm going to be real, I wasn't sure we were going to get to. Yeah. I'm actually really impressed with us. Yeah. That we've managed to commit to doing a thing that is not our job. More two than times. Two, time. yeah. hey, two whole times. Two whole times. Good for us. Matt, our first star of the week is that this is episode 10. This is our 10 episode anniversary. Yeah, is it's that like a, a little uh, it's a mini mutant milestone. Yeah. So our first star of the week, Matt, is that we are doing season 2 of this bad boy. We are doing Jetman with a Golden Gun. Dave, how are you doing, man? I'm excited. I'm Dude. I'm on tenterhooks. Premiere episode Season three of the Super Sentai Brothers. Season three of this bad boy. This is good stuff, man. I'm excited. 
it is almost hard to believe uh, that we have come this far and are still doing it. And yet, that is exactly what is happening. <laughs> so, our first of the week, Matt, is uh, welcome to For Your Eyes, O Ranger. It's uh, we just wanted to go a little bit more into detail uh, about us, about the history of the show, about this history of this show, not necessarily about the history of O Ranger. Although maybe we could talk about that. And, uh, uh, we, we could have we do, if I had done research. Yeah, kind of why we do what we do. So we started this podcast a, three years ago, three years ago now, and we started it. This is not a joke because Matt was watching Die Ranger and he thought of two things. He said, first of all, I need someone to share the weirdness of this show with me. And I said, well, I'll do that. And he also thought of the pun live and let die ranger and he said well that would be a great name for a podcast and i said matt that's such a great name for a podcast it would almost be a criminal crime to not make that podcast right it would be such a waste of a good joke that yeah so here <laughs> so we that, are so that we did not waste that joke here we are three years later so our first start of the week is welcome to season five which we sort of we sort of already said, but this is it, man. We are starting the. Can you believe this? We've been doing the. This is the fifth season of this show. It is kind of astonishing to me. I was is, still I am in my twenties when we away. started this show. Who? Wow. I mean, yeah, you were for the first like, I mean, like four just episodes. Barely. Yeah, but even so. So our first star of the week, first Matt, star is of the season. It's, it's the start of a new season. So this is the fifth season, and uh, we've watched. I think all of them... Sixth season. Sixth season, sorry. Hey guys, it's a clip show. This is producer Mark here, and yes, it seems like we are actually going through with this latest example of Matt and Dave think of a really weird concept, and we just decide on the fly to execute it. So here we are doing a clip show. As you know, with a clip show, it is... 80% 80% old content, but there's got to be that little bit of new narrative strung through just to keep you watching. So when the clip show starts and you realize, oh, I've seen all of this before, they have to promise you a little something in between so that you don't just change the channel or change the podcast. I don't know. Anyway, that's what I'm doing for you today. This episode is late and that is my fault. I know Matt and Dave have very busy schedules and With the pandemic and everything else, season six has been a bit more interrupted and delayed than usual. We've had a few off weeks. Uh, We don't love doing that, but that's just kind of the way the world has unfolded. This time, the guys were on top of things. This episode has been mostly in the can for about three weeks now, for as long as it's been since the last episode dropped. And it is on me that it hasn't got out there yet. So the delay in this episode is certainly a little bit of a black hole. I'll tell you why in just a minute. But first, let's look back at some of our other black holes. Star number two, Matt. You're up. Okay, star number two. I'll make this quick. Star number two is that my microphone is literally falling apart as we are doing this episode. <laughs> that's like a, that's like a black hole. I feel like we should have stars on black holes. Like if something is terrible but we still want to talk about it, it can be a black hole of the week. Maybe. Maybe this is my, my Zydos of the week. Oh, nice. Uh, nice pull. So Zydos of the week is that, like, okay, there is a bit inside the microphone where the headphone jack comes in. Yeah. 
Um, and the headphones were not working, and so I pulled, I like unscrewed some things and I pulled the bottom off. Um, because I don't know anything about electronics, but I do have a screwdriver. <laughs> and I was looking at it, and like the whole thing is like the soldering has basically all come undone. So I had to, basically, I jammed the, I, I sort of put it all back together manually because I don't have a soldering iron. Um, and to keep it in place so that I can still be using it. I have like a rubber band wrapped around it on the outside to create tension in the right direction <laughs> okay. to make sure that like all the connections are in place. Uh, and this would not be nearly so bad if a, another weird thing was not going on where it buzzes uncontrollably in my ears if my microphone is facing either north or south like it has to be facing either east or west or it does this weird buzzing dude and i don't know how to stop it but my desk is facing um north and so i now have like taken my microphone off of its stand and i'm sitting sideways in my chair staring at the wall like trying to just make sure that i can keep the technology functioning long enough for us to finish this episode <laughs> <laughs> We're actually going to talk about Flash in a little a little bit. So this is sort of a preview star. But Dad was our parents are visiting, and Dad was watching it with me, and he was like, "Whoa, wait, wait. So he's because Dad knows who the Flash is." And oh, sure. I w- he was like, "Oh, you know, like lightning bolt, chemicals, crime investigator." And I said, "Oh, yeah, but this version like is slightly different because it's like TV and it was made in like." 2014 as opposed to 19 like whenever the flash first came out and so particle accelerator like a particle accelerator exploded and it shot like particles (laughs) across the city listen they got accelerated and then they yeah and that's how everybody got their superpowers and dad turned to me and i don't know if we've ever mentioned this but our dad is an engineer, and he lives in Sweden, which we have mentioned. But he lives in Sweden because they're building a particle accelerator. Like, there's some Nordic conglomeration of countries. They're building a new particle accelerator. Right. And so dad literally designs particle ex- – well, parts of, like, a particle accelerator. Like, that is his job. And so he, hears him, he says, Dave, you know, you know that that's not what particle accelerators do. Right? Like, if it exploded, it would just explode. (laughs) Nobody would get superpowers. And, you know, I knew that mostly, but, like, having an expert actually say, like, no, you'll never get superpowers from particle accelerator. Like, there was just a tiny part of me that's really a black hole more than a star. There was, like, a tiny part of me that died a little bit. (laughs) Hey, listen, all this means is that's one more thing you can cross off the list that you know won't give you superpowers. Uh, and you know now you can start pursuing other other, other angles on this. right. Just gotta douse yourself in random chemicals and get struck by lightning potentially. Sure, sure. I don't sure, know what sure. you would douse yourself in if you wanted teleportation powers, which is really that's like my high. Like if I could only pick one, teleportation. Well, you like could, that's you my get by a radioactive teleportation. That's oh yeah, yeah yeah okay problem solved. What Brian is star number three this week? Well, star number three. Sad to say, is Sagittarius A star, which it's pronounced A star, but it actually refers to the supermassive black hole at the center of the Milky Way galaxy. Wait, we've got a black hole this week? Yeah, yeah, Sagittarius A star. So, man, our fifth and final star of the week is actually it's actually a black hole. Oh, okay. It, 
Okay, sorry. I mean, it's funny in retrospect, which is why I'm going to tell you the story. In the moment, it was... This was the super. This is like the theoretical supermassive black hole that exists at like the center of the Milky Way galaxy. Okay. So here's here's the story, Matt. Here's the scoop. See, here's the scoop. See, so two weeks ago, my toilet stops working properly. Like you can flush it, kind of, and you can get things down, so that's good. Okay. Like, with a plunger. But, like, it's not working. I'm like, okay, well, this is this is bad. Okay, go so on. So I call, yeah. So I call my home warranty people, and I say, hey, I have this problem. And they say, we will send somebody out. I say, great. So the plumber comes out, and he's messing around with it. And he says, well, listen. He comes down after a little while, and he says, listen, you definitely have something in the toilet. Like, there's something blocking this toilet. And I'm fairly certain and I, I can't proceed because, like, I don't know. Like, he's a subcontractor. He's like, I have to call your home warranty people and see if they will cover further work. And I okay. say, okay. So I get it. He leaves. I get a call back from the home warranty people. They say, sorry, we don't cover foreign objects in the, in the toilet. Like, because that's not, like, you did that. Like, someone in your household put something in that toilet. That's not, like, a home warranty issue. Okay. And I say... Annoying, but fair enough. So I'm trying to figure out what to do. Beth mentions this to our good friend, Jen, wife of Bill, friend of the show. And she's like, oh, she's like, I actually kind of do a lot of the plumbing around our house. She's a very handy person. She's like, I've got this like industrial like auger. I have replaced toilets before. Like, I'll come over and I'll give you a hand with the, with the toilet. Right awesome. On. Thank you so much. So she comes over. We... We kind of mess around with this auger. We're like, whatever this is, like, it's really in there. Like, we can't figure out what the problem is. So we take the toilet up. So we, like, turn the valve off. We drain the toilet. We take the toilet up off the floor. We put it in the bathtub. And we then proceed to spend two and a half hours with, with this auger trying to clear out this toilet. Now, we here's the good part. We do eventually... Sorry, the good part about the story is everything is fine. Okay. So is the thing in the toilet pipe or is it like in the pipe below the toilet? Yeah. Thank God it's in the toilet itself. Okay. Because if it had gotten into the pipes, we would have been like, you know, we would have had to like tear the walls out or whatever to get to this thing. So it's in the pipe. What it turns out to be is part of a vacuum attachment. Okay. Okay. We do eventually, we do eventually get this thing out. Great. Takes about two and a half hours. We're like, cool. So we... We, we have a wax ring. We put the toilet back on the thing. We hook it back up to the, uh, to the water. And we're like, okay, you know, like, let's... We flush it and make sure everything's sealed. We flush it. We're like, ah, we didn't quite get the seal. Like, the wax didn't quite seal right. We didn't heat it up enough. We got to take it off and start over. Okay. So, I, I turn the valve off, right? Mm-hmm. Or I turn the valve to what is supposed to be off. And I go... Well, that doesn't sound unscrew- promising, Dave. It's not promising, Matt. So I go and I go to unscrew the toilet. And when I unscrew the toilet, what the valve has broken. And so it, <laughs> it looks as though it's off. And it's not. And water is spewing into my bath everywhere. All right? 
It's spewing into my bathroom <laughs> everywhere. And I'm like, oh no. Well, I was like, maybe I turn, for some reason, I'm like, maybe I turned it the wrong way. So I like crank it back the other way. It's not working. I'm like, maybe I can like get it back on like over the water pressure. That's not happening. But I like mess around with it for 30 seconds. And I'm like, okay, I have to run downstairs and like get, get the valve off. I run downstairs. Beth is like, what's happening? I'm like, can't talk. I'm like, r- the, the kids, I'm like, you know, yelling obscenities because I'm... Blah! Sure, sure. And the, Dripping right, wet. The kids are obviously upset. What, and mean, at the meantime, water is still spraying, spraying everywhere into the bathroom. It is leaking down into the floor through the pipe, the hole that the radiator pipe goes through. Okay. So now water is pouring down from the ceiling in, in like the entryway. Okay. Right? I finally get... I run downstairs, right? And I get the emergency valve off. Thank God this emergency valve works. Right? Because I hadn't checked the emergency valve first, which is something you should always do. I didn't do it. But the the emergency valve works. So I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Then I notice something. Mm -hmm. Because down in my basement, Matt, so this is the end of the, this is the end of part one of the story. Okay. So, because part this the end of that part of the story is we go, we buy a new valve, we get a new wax ring, we put the toilet, we put the new valve on, we put the new wax ring on, we put the toilet down, everything's fine. Okay. That all happens after what I'm about to tell you. So, I'm down in my basement, and down in my basement, I have a big chest freezer. Yeah. Right? Now, I should say I did not buy this chest freezer. This chest freezer was already here when I bought the house. But... We plugged it in. It's fine. Great. Chest freezer came with the house. You know what I mean? Like fridge came with the house. Stove came with the house. Chest freezer came with the house. Cool. And I, and I'm down there and I say to myself, the basement is remarkably quiet, Matt. Why is, why is the base? I didn't say Matt. I said, basement's remarkably quiet. Why is the basement quiet? The the chest sound. What sound that should be happening what sound that should be happening isn't happening? And I turn to my right, and I realize, Matt, that the chest freezer is not making the sound that it's supposed to make, Matt. Is it, it's is not it making, making any sound at all? It's not making any sound at all, Matt, because the chest freezer has died. Now, I wonder how long ago was the last and time I, it made that sound. And I say to myself, well, that's not good. No. And I say, and I say now... I was like, I don't smell anything. Well, the door is closed. So the door is closed. And I say, I don't smell anything. So maybe this is fairly recent. You know, within the last, I, I don't know, recent enough maybe, that... Maybe I kicked the plug out in my haste. But yeah, so I, well, I didn't. I saw that the plug was in. But recent enough that, that this is okay. I mean, not okay, okay, but like semi-okay. And I opened the fridge, the freezer, Matt, and it was not okay. No? It's, it's very <laughs> not okay. Like, ext- just extraordinarily. So not okay that I'm not, I just shut the door. So not okay, Matt, that I'm not cleaning this thing. So not okay that I looked into, like, biohazard disposal firms. <laughs> and it's, I mean... And the answer is, they exist, and they will come out to your house and deal with a situation exactly like this. For, like, 
not an insubstantial amount of money, but like, I legitimately, I don't think I can throw this stuff away. Like, I think it's a, like, it's, I think it might be a biohazard to put this away. Like, it might be illegal for me to just try and put this out with the garbage. I mean, I feel like eventually all bio becomes biohazard, right? Like, if you wait long enough. Yeah, well, I I think I may have waited long enough, Matt. <laughs> so here is the other... So is it here still is, down okay. there? Yeah. What? I, I mean, I don't know, am I I don't know how long ago this story the, happened. I just shut the door. I just shut the door again. I was like, well, the seal is holding, and I gotta call a biohazard guy. Like, I don't have a solution. <laughs> and then the other thing is... This is like a big chest freezer. It's in my basement. So right. like I got to get somebody to clean this thing out. And then I have to get rid of it somehow. I don't know. Here is the other. This So all of this is bad. You don't say. Here is. Here's the worst part of this, Matt. I. And I can joke about it now. I was really sad in the moment. Because I had this chest freezer. I, this was something I could put off. I I never got around to burying Schrodinger. Oh, Dave. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, dude was just in... I mean, he was wrapped in, like, many layers, so he wasn't, like... It, it was He was in a freezer, so he wasn't, as, like, infecting anything in there. But, like... Yeah, dude was just on deep freeze until I was, like, going to get around to burying him. And because I have two-year-old twins, I don't get around to anything. So, like, he's just... I mean, listen, that cat shuffled off this mortal coil. His his spirit went wherever cat spirits go. But, like... I don't think you're supposed to put food that you intend to eat in a chest freezer with a dead cat. Well, to be fair, I put the dead cat in the chest freezer. The food was already... Like I say, he was, like, wrapped in, like, a bunch of bags and, like, saran and in a box and everything. Like, he was pretty sealed, but, like... Still, I mean, I don't... Listen, I didn't didn't see him or anything. Like, I just opened the door and said, oh, and then shut the door. But, uh, but yeah, so that's... That's the saga... Good gravy... Yeah. Dave, when you wrote Supermassive Black Hole in our uh, script as uh, star number five, I genuinely assumed that you had some jokes about a supermassive black hole somewhere in the galaxy. Oh, no, that would have been funny, though. I mean, listen. I have known Matt and Dave for 20 years now. We met in college. Dave and I uh, were in the same freshman class. And then Matt's a year behind us, but he came up to visit a few times. So I got to know him that first year as well. When the guys talked about doing this show five, six, seven years, however long ago it's been now, I wanted in. And this show very much was born of a dumb pun of Matt thinking up the phrase live and let die ranger and everything's kind of unraveled since then. So when they decided to launch the show, I asked if I could produce it i'm using very heavy air quotes around produce mostly it's just edit the guys are very generous and they call me producer mark i edit the program and here's the thing though in the early going i didn't really know what i was doing i mean none of us did uh, matt and dave were new to hosting a show we did not have any equipment we didn't have any software i think the first episode matt recorded on his phone just like into the speaker of his cell phone and it's a little bit it, I cringe sometimes listening to those early episodes, some of which we've heard some clips from in this clip show, 
because the audio quality is not there yet. We go through a few iterations of sort of setups before we get to all having some decent equipment. And my editing was a much lighter touch. So there's weird long gaps that I would clean out now with things like that. It's weird to go back and listen, but it is also delightful because for you guys, this has been a walk through now six seasons of the Super Sentai program, which has been very fun for me. But for me and Matt and Dave, it just serves as an archive of our friendship for the last six years. All of these stars, all of these bits. I've got a giant spreadsheet where I keep track of all of the five stars across every week. And it's just like walking back through our memories as brothers, in their case, as friends, just revisiting all of these old stories. So as much as the early episodes are difficult to listen to from a sort of audio quality perspective, they are putting a real smile on my face just from a revisiting tales that I had forgotten perspective. So it's, it's been fun. I am pleased at the progress we have made. I'm glad we don't sound like that anymore, but it has been a real blast for me, and I hope for you, to revisit some of these bits. I realize I have now talked for two and a half minutes and have not told you why this episode is late, which is what I said I would do in the last segment. So I think we'll just push that to next segment. We'll get into it, but first we're going to have a ham-fisted transition into the next flashback chunk. So, uh, hey, do you guys remember that time when Matt and or Dave invented a new segment on the fly, and I had to put together a theme song for it, even though I am very bad at music editing and production. Our fifth and final star of the week, Matt, is Baby Watch. We interrupt your regular broadcast of the Super Sentai Brothers to bring you a breaking news update. Baby Watch. This week in Baby Watch, Matt, the sugar bean is crawling. This has been Baby Watch. Baby Watch. So, okay, weirdly, it is, uh, it's actually also door-related. I have this brief garage door update. Garage door update. I don't know if Mark's going to do a song for that. Anyways, so <laughs> well, hopefully it won't require that many more segments. Yeah. Um. So I did. I finally got somebody to come out and look at my garage door, and the guy. He so he comes out. He's like, "Hey, how's it going?" I'm like, "Cool." Here's the garage door. He's out there for like five minutes, and he comes back and he says, "Listen, man. He says your garage door is so old. How old is it? Anyway, it's." He's like, this garage door is original. So our fourth star of the week is another, it's like an, I don't know, we should have a little song for this. I'm not by saying that I have caused a song to appear. Um, Not necessarily. Not necessarily. But if I know producer Mark, Mark, Mark does have other things to do in his life. No, I know. I just feel like, Mark, no pressure. I just feel like the more we talk about it, the more likely he is to make a song. But Mark, you don't have to do a song. But that this said, is like a, here's the song. That said, here's the song. 
It's a Grandma TV update. From Cleveland, the champagne voices of Matt and Dave. It's the Super Sentai Brothers Show. Brought to you by Geritol. Thank you, thank you. Thank you and greetings, my friends. Welcome to our show. We're happy you could join us as we have a sky full of stars tonight. To kick us off, it's old friend producer Mark with a new arrangement of his classic standard, the update song. Grandma's TV update. Okay. Yeah, so here's something interesting I've discovered. Grandma doesn't like laugh tracks, like vocally. Like, she complains about them. She does not like laugh tracks on television shows. I'm not totally sure why, uh, but she doesn't like laugh. I think maybe it's, like, hard to hear while the laugh track is going. But you know what doesn't have laugh tracks, Matt, is Lawrence Welk. Well, I mean, there's probably a good reason for that, because there's nothing enjoyable that happens in an episode of Lawrence Welk. Grandma loves Lawrence Welk. So I have been watching some Lawrence Welk, and I used to watch it as a kid, like not on purpose as a kid, but because Grandma liked it then as well as now. Right, and, so, like, and also like on if we were visiting, and like when we were growing up, like in the nineties, the Lawrence Welk show was something that would occasionally just show up on TV, either on like a Sunday afternoon or at like yeah, like it was one just in the morning. Lawrence Welk is the worst television program ever made. So what what if we do a segment where instead of five stars, we do five, the top five tops, the top of the tops, Dave. Top of the tops. New segment. So, okay, Dave, let's, let's get into it. Let's get into this new segment uh, that I think we should call top of the tops. And now it's time for Top of the Tops. For your pizza! Okay, Dave, what is your number five pizza topping? Okay, my number five pizza topping. It's interesting that you should bring this up, Matt, uh, because we didn't discuss it earlier, but I was just kind of thinking about my top five pizzas. Interesting. You would randomly be doing that without any prompting. It is wild, yeah. Um, it's actually pretty crazy that you would spring this on me because I did have three fabulously exciting stars, like ready to go. Well, I, there's so much going on right now, there's Dave, and so all of much our going personal on. lives. Well, I was going to say, it's hard to like pick and choose. I mean, I got, extraordinarily this, I, I got this Ivy schedule. thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so our third star of the week, Dave, it's commute update. Commute update. We need a new song for Commute Update. I feel bad that we're using the bus update song. I feel like it's a tease. People are going to hear the song, and it's just going to remind them of bus updates. Just remind them of the good old days. Yeah. We need a new song for Commute Update. We need a new song. 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 We need a new
Commute Update. But anyway, so what's uh, going on with your ridiculous commute? I pretend to grumble about it, but putting together those dumb song bits is actually one of my favorite parts about producing this program. I really enjoy when the guys throw something like that at me. Anyway, there were a few more I wanted to get in there, but I just like we're already running long and I didn't want to pack too many in. But there's some there's the Dave's Poetry Corner there's a cheese update that I think only happened once as far as I can remember. There's a bit called Sour Grapes with Dave, which is just Dave being sad about the Cavaliers losing a basketball game uh, imposed over the losing music to Mario Kart Double Dash. There's a lot more of these stupid bits, but I kept myself to just a few. Anyway, this episode is late and I owe you an explanation. So my wife Holly and I are, like Dave and his wife Beth, foster parents. We tend to do more uh, emergency or respite placing, which is to say uh, kids come to us for shorter stays while longer term solutions are worked out for them. In the beginning of July, we had a couple of foster kids staying with us, which is not particularly unusual. We've been doing this for a few years now, but just the nature of this particular placement kind of took up a little more of my time than usual. So I got behind on a number of fronts, including editing this podcast and then Kind of immediately following that, I had the chance to go out to Cleveland to actually see Matt and Dave for the first time since several months before the pandemic. So as much as I love this show, I miss those guys a lot, and it felt like the right decision to get out and see them, uh, and, but it did require me pushing this show off just a little bit longer. I'm sure you'll hear a little bit more on that in an upcoming Five Stars segment. But that's why this episode is late. It is on me. We're trying to get back on track here. I hope you have enjoyed this really goofball format. I've had a ton of fun putting the clips together. We do have one more clip segment before we say goodbye. Nothing particularly thematic to this one. I just wanted to take the chance with this final segment to drop in a few of my personal favorite stars and updates from the six or so years that we've been doing this program. So here we go. I do want to note as we step into this first segment, this is a star from the 10th episode ever of the Super Sentai Brothers, and it has long lived in my head as one of my absolute favorites. It's a bit about Matt descending into madness because he's been stuck at home without a car for a few weeks, and I've always pointed to that bit as the time for me when it felt like the podcast had really hit its stride, like the guys were comfortable being hosts, they had worked out what the five stars was, the audio was still a little clunky, it's going to be a while before the audio gets real clear, but this in my head is a bit where we found what this program is. Now, this is a bit about Matt being stuck at home. This was six years ago. I realize we are... Still in the process of coming out of a year-long pandemic lockdown, and so talking about being stuck at home has a bit of a different flavor than it might have, and for that reason, I almost didn't include this. I went back and forth on it, but ultimately, it really is, it's, a, it's an important moment for the show, and it's a really good bit, but... If you don't want to hear someone talk about being stuck in their house and slowly going mad because of it you can go ahead and skip the next three or so 
minutes. Oh, dude, hey, okay. we gotta, let me, we gotta let me, watch it, man. Let me go out to the third star, because my third star is that I'm worried that I'm slowly descending into madness. <laughs> okay. Because I told you a few weeks ago <laughs> that one of my stars was that I'd been starting to take the bus to work, right? <laughs> right, yeah, So because... I have transitioned now from a guy who takes the bus to work to a guy whose car is basically so broken that he only leaves the house to take the bus to go to work and come back home. Dude, Matt, I got I listen, I recognize that you now feel that your car is too broken to drive. Let me just lay some let me just bring some truth to your life. That car has been too jerking to, broken to drive for a long time. Okay. Any it, car that stalls out as a result of making a right hand turn should not be on the road. Okay, it wasn't all right hand turns. It had a lot to do with the pitch of the road. And I could usually figure it out, and then you just knocked it into neutral and started it back up while the car was still rolling, put it back into drive, you were totally fine. Matt, that is not a skill you should need to have. Okay. So now, not only is my car too broken to drive, it is too broken to fix. Which is really the the threshold that we've crossed. I'm completely losing it over here. Okay. So... (laughs) So, uh, I, I'm now just a guy who lives at home, and that's what I do. Okay. And what happens when that goes down is a few things sort of in progression. First, uh, you clean more often because you have to look at it. Like, okay. I do the no, dishes a lot more sense. often. I've swept, I've mopped, you know. I, I, all right, that's a positive. I no longer keep all of my clothing in, like... A series of piles around my bed. Um, they they now have places to live, and they're in the closet, and everything's cool because now I have to look at them for more than ten minutes in a day. Okay, right. Matt, that's not Matt. That's not. Let me just comfort you for a moment. That's not insanity. You're growing up. No, 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 Dave. <laughs> that, that this is just the first step. <laughs> the first step is responsibility. Okay. The second step is when you start to twist it. Because then I start looking at all my stuff like, man, why do I still have this? I don't need this anymore. Wait, by all your stuff, what do you mean? Do you mean like like clothes? Or uh, like clothes, furniture, uh, childhood memories. <laughs> Just like, what the heck is a memento from my childhood? Garbage. And, and then you start thinking like, well, what do I really need? Like, oh... I need more. Okay, this is an actual thing that I thought today. This was okay. a, a legitimate distinction that I made between two things in my mind and like started to pull out a list <laughs> to take action on. I decided that I had too many knickknacks and not enough decorations. <laughs> dude, yeah, dude, he got to get out a little more. He got to buy a car. Like my curio cabinet is stocked. My walls are bare. I don't know what to do, Dave. Matt, can I just point out the delight that you are a twenty, a thirty-year-old single male uh, who has a curio cabinet? Listen, it's built in. I had no choice in the matter. <laughs> what are you doing with your late weekend? <laughs> what, what's the fourth star? <laughs> Okay, so our fourth story of the week is something that I saw the other day walking home to my apartment from where I get off the bus after coming back from work. 
Podcast Updates. Was it a can of tab? Because we already talked about that. <laughs> it was not a can of tab. Okay. Although I have heard rumors uh, that they exist, or at least did at some point exist, in Columbus fairly regularly. No, oh, not okay. recently. So, and Columbus is still pretty far away. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, I was walking home, and a mystery has been partially solved that I have been puzzling over for the last like two and a half years that I have lived in this apartment. Wow. Okay. So, do I know about this mystery? I can't think no, of a two and a half year old mystery. It's a very small thing. Okay. So there is next to the convenience store, right around the corner from me, mm-hmm. a payphone okay. out in the parking lot. And by the payphone, there are always tons of birds just like flocked around this phone. Okay. And for a while, I wondered why, and then eventually, I noticed that there was often bird seed scattered in front of the payphone. Huh. Okay. And for a long time, I had sort of let it go. Like, oh, I guess maybe someone who either lives in the apartments right next to it or someone who lives in the store, not lives in the store, works in the store. It would be very weird if somebody lived in the store. Um, Stranger things have happened. They bring out some bird seed for these birds. Who knows? Who knows? And I had sort of let it go until the other day when I was walking by and I saw a car pull up. Off the street, somebody got out, popped the trunk. It was this uh, middle-aged woman. She does not work at that store, and she does not live in that apartment building. She was driving by, got out of her car, popped the trunk, went to the back, pulled out a like giant sack of bird seed and a like a beer pitcher, scooped out a ton of bird seed, threw it on the ground in front of the payphone, what? and then just got back in her car. And left. So this was like a drive-by, like, tuppence of bagging? So this is just this woman. And I've, now that I have, like, this was, I said a few days ago. This was actually about a week ago. Now that I know what to look for, I have seen this woman, like, stopping into this parking lot and just sitting around. So I don't know why or what the deal is, but there is a woman who comes by to feed pigeons on... In someone else's parking lot next to someone else's apartment, she doesn't stick around. She doesn't like feed the pigeons by her and hand. Like, They're like, yeah, one of those people so she's in a not park hanging out, hangs with, these out birds. with the pigeons. She is just a woman who is coming by and leaving food for these birds that she then spends no time with. And it is completely. Like, like I say, it solved one mystery, but it has opened <laughs> up a whole world of like. You know, like oh, fantastical yeah. thoughts. Like, what? What is she doing? Why right? is she doing it? When did? Because I know she started at least two, more than two and a half years ago, dude. Unless I she feel... took this like birdseed root over from someone else who had like bequeathed it to her, dude. I feel like if you are dropping off like beer pitchers of birdseed, you've probably been at this a while because it was like, a whole system. Yeah. What? You don't need to do that, though. Pigeons no, just... you don't. They just eat. That's why they're in the city. I... Anyway, it's, I realize that there's not like a satisfying conclusion to this fourth star here, because 
I I cannot give you any answers as to why this is happening, but it's been weighing on my mind heavily, and I just thought I'd put it out there. Matthew, you have infected me with this story. Like, I desperately need more information. I'm I mean, I'll kind keep of... an eye out, dude. If I find out anything else, I will give you an update. Like, I'm kind of unsettled. Like, like my equilibrium has been thrown by the existence of this, like, drive-by bird feeder. This, I mean, th- those are the only details I have, except that it is like a mid to late 90s teal four-door car. What? That's it. That's all I got for you. Um. So, Dave. Yeah, okay. What's our fifth star? <laughs> okay, so normally we do commute updates. It's just something I saw on my way to or from work, right? And right. there's no... There's no continuity to the commute update. It's a it's a one-off thing. It's a freak of the week, you know, like the bad well, yeah, episodes because, you know, of this show. That is how commute update is. Because you see a man or woman on your commute, that's it. Right. But this time, Dave, this was like the sequel to the previous commute update. Because if you will recall, the previous commute update... Pirate 007ER. Oh, I'm sorry. The the one before that. Um, Pirate Trucker. Pirate Trucker. So the other day, I'm driving to work, and I'm stuck behind a cement mixer. I'm okay. stuck behind the cement mixer for a while, and then I sort of pull off into the next lane to hit the exit ramp. But I still, the, the way the exit ramp is situated there, I can still sort of see the highway. And I see, okay. not on the front of the car... Oh, by the way, once I get around the side, I see that the entire um, cement mixer is painted desert camo. Nice. And on the in the window in the back of the cab, not on the front grill, but on the back of the cab, Jolly Roger. Same highway, by the way, that I had previously seen Pirate Trucker. So now, now we are building a like trucker cement mixer, just like large vehicle pirate fleet. That just drives up and down 77? Yeah. Yes. This is true. This is real life. I have to assume that these people are connected. I Okay. I'm choosing to assume that they're connected. Um, because Desperately hoping. That just feeds into this glorious theory of, like, eventually having this entire cadre. I'm sorry. No, I used the right word before. Fleet of Mad Max truckers. Um, it okay, was amazing. Matt, it made my entire day. I, Matt, I want to introduce a new idea because when it was only Pirate Trunker, I think we had to assume that this was just like a Mad Max scenario. I am now going to suggest to you that what you have actually seen is two of the five parts of Devastator. Oh, now yeah, this I is think- something I had not considered. Yeah, or, sorry, I shouldn't say Devastator, because Devastator doesn't have a Mack truck, but a Devastator-like, I think we can only assume that it's a Decepticon, given well, the sure. pirate theme. Um, yeah, so, okay, so here are our options. We have Mad Max preppers, basically. Uh, right. We have a, a team of Batman villains that are pirate-themed uh, truckers. That all have yes. a specialty truck. You've got the cargo truck from the first one. You've got the cement mixer from the second one. Uh, I don't know what the other three are, because there are bound to be five. Um, right. And then we've got a possible Devastator. A potential Devastator. Or at least Devastator adjacent. Yeah, like 
Piraticon or Piraticor, maybe. Piraticor. Piratomanticor. Piraticonius. If it was like a weird Beast Wars dude. Listen, there was bound to be a Manticore thing at some point. We don't need to get into potential Manticore pirate-themed combined Transformers from Beast Wars. Okay, everybody, that's going to do it for this week's episode. I don't have Matt's farewell script in front of me, so I will just say thank you very much. We're six-plus years into this journey now. We've had so much fun making this show for you. We're looking forward to making a whole bunch more Sincerely, from the guy who's not usually on mic, sincerely, thank you very much for being a part of this, for being a part of the Super Sentai Brothers extended family, for tuning in every week. It really does mean a lot to all of us that you're here listening along. So that's it for now. We will see you next time for the greatest show on earth. For the greatest show on earth. For the greatest, greatest show, show on, on earth. earth. For the greatest show on earth.